You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 534. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at the Netflix Norwegian fantasy series, Ragnarok, which is in its third and final season. So, uh, you know, right before we came on the air, we got some big news to announce, so uh, I'll just get right to it. Go for uh, it. Once we're done Ragnarok, we are going to take a look at the film. I already forgot the title of it. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, AKA know, it's Thor 3. Two, two words there, dude. Yeah. Um, but after covering Thor Ragnarok, we are going to look at the Netflix series Bodies, which Fred posted in the Facebook group uh, a week or so ago. But here's the caveat, people. If you want to follow along with the podcast, you need to start watching it now because we've both seen it. And this time around for the podcast, we are going to spoil it right from the get go. So it's, it's a dense series. I don't want to necessarily compare it to dark, but you, I mean, there are comparisons. There's definitely uh, comparisons for sure. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, you got time, you, you know, this, what are we giving them over a month notice? So yeah, about a month, right? Yeah. Yeah. No excuses out there. People right. get the Netflix, watch bodies, only eight episodes, I believe. If you watch and, the first, uh, you're going to, you're not, you're not going to stop. No, no, not at all. So, all right. Now in other news, uh, I'm not going to mention it right now. And you, you had to work today, obviously, and get your grades in and all that. So you may not have seen the Facebook post that I made, I'm not going to announce it. So if you want to see the big news, uh, go to the Facebook group and, and go there. It might be one of these situations where a particular streaming service made a mistake and posted something they didn't necessarily intend to post. But anyway, it is there. All right. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued. I haven't, I haven't checked on Facebook yet. Oh, okay. Because I even mentioned you in, in my uh, little you know, tag along there that, uh, you know, Wayne is going to love this. And, oh. and I mean that you, you really are going to love it. All right. Anyway, tip of the week, what we're watching. I watched the first two episodes of the Chinese version of three body problem, which is that sci-fi novel that I've mentioned on more than one occasion. There is going to be a Netflix release, but the Chinese version, which I believe encompasses 30 episodes is available on YouTube. It's got English subtitles, obviously, because <laughs> I watched the first two episodes. But I'm not feeling it. And, you know, when I said that to my wife, she's like, well, you know, maybe it's because it's a the Chinese version. And even though we watch international shows all the time. And I said, no, nah, that's not it. It's, you know, it's like any normal international sci-fi show that I've seen. I'm just not digging the storyline i guess so i'm probably not gonna go any further but if you do want to see it it's on youtube just you know search three body and you know you might have a little bit of trouble but the other show we're watching is called blood pact aka clem k-l-e-m which is a dutch crime drama that we're watching on pbs this dutch tax official who's been a widower for two years. He's got two daughters, one of whom is a teenager. And he finds himself aligned with a just-released murderer because his eight-year-old daughter is best friends with the convict's daughter. And the mother has a different last name. You know, he's gotten friendly with her while her husband was in prison, but he had no idea. You know, she just said, oh, he's away on business for <laughs> however many years. Right. Super long business trip. Yeah, but but really good. He he's a high level tax official, and I don't want to spoil any more. But uh, three seasons, ten episodes each, and you're just really uh, really enjoying it. So we're we're gonna check that out. Although another um, Netflix international show called The Taylor just dropped its third season. <laughs> so. Uh, Looks like we're going to finish season one of, of uh, Blood Pact and then move on. And and it's cool what, the reason it's called Blood Pact because you think, oh, this guy's a murderer. And uh, I'm yeah, not going like to spoil that. <laughs> it's definitely not. But uh, 
Anyway, what do you got? Well, uh, we talked about bodies, so I'm not going to say more because we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that. But, like, just watch it. It's so good. It, it, just from top to bottom, it's excellent. Super bingeable. You're, you're not going to – even though, I, you know, I've, I'm not able to binge stuff as much when I'm actually working, like during the summer I can a lot more. So I stretched out probably over four nights, which I like too because that – you know, like give me something to look forward to and everything, you know, and like much as I did with the last Harry Potter book, I really kind of tried to go as slowly as I could <laughs> to try and uh, tease out the as much time as I could. So it's fabulous. Um, otherwise, we saw the finale of Star Trek Lower Decks. And I think I said before that I absolutely love Lower Decks. I can't believe it took me so long to watch it. Um, I guess I just didn't think, you know, the animated version of Star Trek would do it for me, even though there's been plenty of others, you know, but, um, maybe it's because of the previous ones. I was not, uh, I was loath to, to watch it, but it was fabulous. The, the, the characterization in it just amazing. And, you know, uh, Mariner is probably one of my all time favorite, uh, Star Trek characters now. And so give me more Beckett Mariner. And then last but not least, uh, Gen V, which has been out for a while now. I think actually all the episodes are out now on Amazon Prime. It's a uh, spinoff of The Boys. And if you've seen The Boys, then you've pretty much seen Gen V. You know, and that's not a criticism. I like The Boys a lot, but, um, you know, it's it has much the same stuff. You know, like uh, the, the gore factor is extremely high the some of the the sexual aspects of it are are near pornographic i would say it was you know and and it is as a satire it's really good you know i think sometimes they go a little bit too far um to make us cringe uh with uh some of the gore and stuff that's in it but as a satire it's just dead on um mocking everything you know uh, celebrity culture, um, you know, what we used to call political correctness um, and sensitivity, things like that. It just, um, you know, mocks everything that it can get its hands on that has, that is any way like kind of pop culture-ish in America today. So I'm only two episodes in, you know, but it seems pretty good. The characters I immediately took a shine to the, you know, of course the, it's a, it's like a college, right? It's college for superheroes, right? All the superheroes that are in the boys, this is like superhero you. Um, and, of course, all the issues with hero worship and and ubermensch and things like that that we see in the boys, those same themes are, are definitely at play here. So keep watching it. Sounds good. Let's get to Ragnarok, episode three, season three, titled Losing My Religion, Written by Adam Price, Emily Labesh K, directed by Mogens Hagedorm, and this one was released in an, its entirety August twenty fourth, two thousand twenty three. So, you know, we talked last time that episode two made a huge leap in quality from the first episode of the season, which I guess wasn't that <laughs> that difficult to do. Uh, I enjoyed this one, but there are more than a few really moments for me uh, not not terrible you know i'm still going to give it a pretty decent grade but uh you know i i guess the idea of seeing the future notably magna's future becomes kind of a focal point of this episode and and with only three episodes to go we kind of suspect where we're headed given the title of the series is ragnarok right. and, and and you know we pretty know what, unequivocal there right but we see Iman again, and I guess my question is, do you think she's going to return after she sees those disturbing images that include Magna as well as Wotan, I, I believe? So what do you think? Because she basically takes his uh, throwing stones or you know whatever they're called and says, yeah. I'm out of here. She's got her suitcase. So whatever she saw, and we just get glimpses clearly disturbs her sure well so, so is that what, it for her what we saw what she saw was pretty disturbing but I, i'm like 95 
97% sure she'll be back. Everyone's got to be on board for the big battle, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, we, we get to her character, and, and fortunately, it seemed like after episode one, maybe we weren't going to see her anymore, so I'm certainly glad she's back. Is it clear to you that she knows what her powers are? And if she is, is that how she's really made her name as a social media influencer, which seems kind of cheating if you can see the future and, and you know, predict trends or well, whatever I, she does. I think that superpower, like she didn't know, I don't think, about the ability to see the future. I think she just, but she has, whatever her power is, it's like one of like attraction, I think, or whatever. That people are drawn to her, people want to, you know, or something. I can't remember, and I, you know, obviously I didn't go back to to find out. But I, I don't think the her success as, as a social influencer is, has nothing to do with the uh, ability to see the future, which I don't think she really knew about until Wotan handed her his little little bag that he said he's never used. I carry it with me everywhere I go, but I never actually smoke this stuff. You know. But yeah, so I I I feel like you know she'll be she'll be back. Okay, because you know she seems to know how to use the stones. She draws a circle in the in the ground and you know lights up, throws the stones, and and, and of course is is horrified at what she sees. And and it, and again, it, it's it's sort of nebulous what it is she sees, but certainly we get a sense that. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly not positive. And then Wotan, like you said, he claims to never have done it before, which seems kind of hard to believe. And, and, extremely and, hard to believe. And his little sidekick, well, I can show you how to smoke that if you need yeah. me to. And then what's the deal? Is like the, the, the two cops come up and what are they getting busted for smoking weed out in the open? Is I, that? I assume so, yeah. Open air... Um, you know, yeah, alcoholic if they, beverages. If they were in Maryland, they'd be fine. I was going to say, you know, come on over, guys. It's, <laughs> it's, you, the, the weather's great. <laughs> now, obviously, Saxa and Magna are a huge part of this episode as well. And, and, and I really like the way things have completely shifted in her favor. She's now got the upper hand, Magna at her side, I know this is likely a stupid question. Is their connection at all genuine? You know, that's not a stupid question at all, Dave, because I kind of wondered the same thing. But then the rational part of me takes over and says, nah, it's complete bullshit. I mean, for him, I think he is genuinely enraptured with her, but I don't think, like, it's not like that feeling is returned by Saxa, she's just, you know, using him to gain leverage over her, the rest of her family, which to great effect. Right. And then I guess we, we explain the fact that she doesn't grab the hammer yet as a way to keep her family at bay. Nah, he's still well, got the she hammer. Knows if she right. grabs that hammer, then, and they take out Manya, then she's back where she was before. Right, because the hammer does her no good. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I like that. I love the fact that she goes out and buys him a new leather bag, which is, I mean, there was something kind of sweet about him carrying Molnir around in a backpack, yeah. like we would see every kid ever yeah. in the last 20 years, uh, certainly in American high schools and apparently in European high schools as well. I had mentioned thinking her being gone meant maybe she gave birth, but it's kind of explained in this episode that more likely it's that the family's been keeping her confined yeah. as a slave. I thought that was and, a good call, though, you know, because like, especially when they, you know, they had that whole thing at the beginning of the episode about the whatever, you, whatever the God's name or the giantess's name was as being you know the mother of thor's child so naturally would suspect i i don't actually necessarily rule it out just yet oh yeah yarn saxa 
Yeah, all right. I still think it's likely she's going to turn up pregnant at some point. You know, and just getting back for a moment to the fact of how enraptured he is of Saxa, and somebody might say, well, it's the sex. Well, we got to believe he was having sex with Signe. I mean, they're sleeping together. Um, she apparently right. lives there. I'm not sure. But you also have to think doing it with a giantess has got to be like kind of like next level. Well, well I, okay. I, I get that. And, you know, from Sax's perspective, doing it with Thor. Sure. Uh, so, he, I, you know, whether, like we talked last week, whether it's the the hammer has taken complete control of his consciousness or whether he's just being a dick which yeah I, i'm kind of going that route to be quite honest and i love the fact that his mother comes by and it's like what the f is wrong with you right yeah yeah Yo, go ahead i'm sorry no no i was just gonna say and just really a, a really moving scene between magna's mother and signy when she comes by the house hoping to be able to talk to him but he's not there yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, like this episode, probably, I, mean, I know this change in Manya has been taking place pretty much ever since season one. But just to you remember, think back to like what he was like when he first shows up in Edda with like the glasses and the, the hoodie and, the you know, just so awkward and everything. And now he's got designer suits. He's got this cool bag for his hammer. You know, and everything. And I'm not saying that's good stuff because obviously with that comes, as you said, how he talks to his mother is awful. It's reprehensible. You know, just whatever, you know, we, that, that kid that we, you know, really rooted for so much in season one is totally gone. And the guy he is now is uh, kind of an a-hole and we don't like him very much. And yeah, I mean, he even gets a little physical with his mother, or he's kind of like shoving her. Well, he's like menacing her with the hammer and stuff, you know? Yeah, and, and again, you have to love the fact that she has really no idea what the deal is with the hammer. As we said last time, she thinks he's on drugs, and he takes offense at that. Oh, that that's always your answer. Any Anything I'm doing that you don't understand, it's drugs. All right. Well, yeah. Like, Mom probably wishes it was drugs in yeah, this case. Right. Um, well, I, I also like, she's like, what's with the hammer? Are you doing carpentry? You know, like that was a very funny line. This is one of those lines that makes me wish that I could actually understood the Norwegian because it's probably 10 times funnier, like in the, in, in actual Norwegian stuff. Yeah. And, you know, the opening scene of, of the episode where we get the, you know, the, uh, the, text or whatever it's called you know across the screen about uh freya master of fates and the fact that she sees into the future and of course iman is freya and and that's how wotan addresses her which goes back to my my previous question does she understand her powers because he calls her freya and she doesn't like um you know say hey i'm not freya i'm iman but so so whatever whatever that is i just but, think she she understands like some of her powers i don't think she really knew about the seeing the future part until this episode yeah so once we get past that the first actual scene magna and sax will wake up and they're in her bed it appears she's changed the plan and and again you gotta love when she breaks it to fjord and ron well, we've become fond of each other, so I like having a strong man looking out for me. And we're thinking like, okay, we get why she's saying this because I think this was your point a few minutes ago. This is not Saxa. She doesn't need, I'm making air quotes, no. a man to protect her. No, no, no. But no. I, mean, well, she, I mean, she does, but she doesn't, you know, like because she's obviously manipulating Manya so much. But, you know, with this basically this this beast um on her side her family is not going to mess with her you know and she can take advantage of it by you know kind of uh forcing fjord to turn the company back over to her right 
And, you know, we talked last time about wondering whether or not the wedding actually took place. And we get the answer in this episode that, that it did. Turret and Eric are preparing to leave on a holiday. Lawrence yeah, I and will Yen's, be wrong many times. And this is one because I lean pretty hard into the something. I mean, not that great things happened at the wedding, but uh, I thought there's going to be some kind of really big blow up at the wedding. And there was not. So good yeah. for them for not going with that conventional kind of trope there right and you know getting back to signy for a, a minute and whether or not she's going to play a pivotal role as the story continues to, for the last three episodes i mean she's just heartbroken and, and and i guess what's so painful to watch and listen to is when she tells turid that she doesn't know what she's done wrong and we know you haven't done anything wrong and and i i think to be fair to turid she kind of sends that message to signy that no my son's an asshole <laughs> yeah and and it's nothing you've done and just really a beautiful scene between the two of them but i mean are we done with her i mean it just seems like her character still has a role to play i don't know what it is exactly is it to you know bring magna to his knees i I mean look he's lost molinaire so now what well you know yeah well my theory i mean obviously a he is not long no longer useful at all to saxa um he's still dangerous so he can still you know he's still for the thunderer right he can still bring ride the lightning as they as metallica would say but what i would imagine is that without the the hammer it's going to be kind of a gradual return to Manya that he was before, you know, no longer menacing his mother, uh, gone with the suits and everything. Obviously, Sax will probably kick him to the curb. And, you know, I think we're going to see ultimately the repentant Manya coming back to Signy. Well, hopefully she's not too quick to take him back because he does not i'm sorry deserve to be taken back but regardless um obviously the plan to deal with magna you know has multiple levels one of which is the speedboat race and i had to look up what that what those initials were something about uh, inflatable but i forget what it is but they're very fast boats uh, yeah. as we saw and we understand that fjord did something to magna's boats to have the engine Probably cut just out gave him like hardly any gas in or yeah or it could have been that but what was the point of the fishing rod I, yeah. I, 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 okay you're stranded in the middle of the lake apparently thor god of thunder can't swim yeah i know it's cold but you're Thor God of thunder and it's not that far to the shoreline. I think I could make it. (laughs) Well, maybe not. Yeah. Well, back in the day I could, it's almost like an escape room, you know, like, Oh, you're stuck. Oh, you can put together this fishing pole or something. Um, and yeah, why, why not, uh, cast the line out? There's a big bloody lure on that too, man. That, that thing is not meant for little tiny fish. It's meant to catch a big fish. But yeah, it's it seems well, yeah, just the fact that he's there in the first place. Like like how do you not see that you're getting set up here? You know, like Fjord's just like, Hey bud, you wanna go and race boats? Which I mean does obviously admittedly sounds super, super cool. It is awesome. Like for the time before his boat breaks down, it's pretty awesome. Well, yeah, and you, the the area in which they're racing is about as beautiful yeah. a, a, a scene as you could ask for. There, there's no other boats around, so yeah, it's as safe humming, as it can be. Just going super fast, um, but but, uh, but yeah, but why I mean, does just why like, does Saxa why does Saxa let him go? I, I mean, she knows her brother and her mother. Yeah. <laughs> she she has to think he's doing this for more than just yeah. you know to to uh prove his testosterone levels yeah 
you know, greater I, you said than about the, the really, so this is probably the biggest really for me is just the whole, as you know, fewer just awkwardly just brings us up out of nowhere. You know, it's just like totally obvious that this is not good. This idea, but Manya's like, all right. And yeah, you're right. Ron or not Ron Saxa is just like, goes along with it as well. And that, I think that's maybe does she roll her eyes like kind of or something like uh like boys you know kind right. of thing but you know she certainly should know that Fjord's got some something despicable up his sleeves. Well, well right, and and again, I I love her line to uh, to Fjord and Ron that as much as I love going to high school, the appeal of running a top five company is even greater. And, and we know she kind of means it. I, I get the sense that, that she does enjoy going to high school and, and being around uh, all these young people, but still uh, how she could let that, that go. Also then we, we've got, you know, the plan with the serpent. And at this point I say, we've got the plan, but really what is the plan? I can't imagine that Fjord thought, all right, the boat will break down. He'll see that fishing rod. He'll put it together. He'll throw it in. I can't imagine he thought that to that level. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he did. Yeah, well, I I, I get a feeling that his plan does not really extend beyond I'm going to allure Manya out into the middle of the fjord. And uh, leave him there. At which point, um, the the serpent will probably eat him or something. You know? Right, but they, he knows he's got the hammer. So I'm not sure what Fjord's plan really is. I mean, look, when I, look, I, I I do mean this absolutely. That when I was 16 or 17, however old Magnus supposed to be. Dude, I could have easily swum to shore from where yeah, he was. Sure. Uh, I mean, that that easy. And fine, it's cold. I get it. But there's a but, big world-eating serpent in the water, too. Well, though. well, okay. And and maybe that's the plan from Fjord's perspective, that once he gets in the water, the serpent will get him. And and certainly that could be the case. And, and you know, maybe I'm not giving Fjord enough credit. But the hammer throw... That was kind of cool. <laughs> that was kind of cool. So yeah. now, now we're wondering. It's like, all right, well, how's he going to get the hammer back? <laughs> Are we going to um, wait well, for it to come out you, naturally? I, yeah, I was about to say that's probably he's going to have to wait around a couple hours, but it'll it'll come back to him eventually. Luckily, it's underwater. Maybe we'll get a little bit of a wash off before it comes back to him. But, yeah. So uh, or uh, or no, right? Like I said, if if the the serpent has eaten the hammer and that's it. For Molnir, which I don't think so, but you know, that could give, as we were saying before, uh, Manya time to reflect on his most recent behavior and how he's been treating the people that he loves. Well, and what's the giant's plan for once they get the hammer? Melt it down? Is that, I guess, the plan? No clue. Yeah, so uh, I'm not sure, again, they've thought that far ahead. But uh, I, I think it, it's Alan that maybe brings up the humor in this episode. Could have been Fred. <laughs> we'll get to the feedback in a little while. But certainly some good humorous scenes. She goes back to the school psychologist again, and the two of them vape together. I don't know what she's vaping. I Weed, well, I don't know. I mean... I, I think it's... I, I mean, I don't know really anything. I don't uh, know either. Maybe right. she mentions like a watermelon flavor. I, I guess it's probably just like like nicotine, maybe, or maybe it's weed. I, I have no idea, honestly. Yeah. Well. Um, but it, you know, it, her openness with these <laughs> psychiatrists <laughs> oh, is, is pretty pretty funny. Yeah, um, well, we kept our daughter as a slave in the basement. Uh, you do know that's not 100% legal, right? Yeah, that's when he starts hitting the vape pretty yeah. hard. <laughs> the more she talks, the more they just show him kind of puffing away on that thing. Yeah, I don't know if like that actually has any kind of 
effects on your brain or anything, but uh, it's it is funny how he the more she talks, the more he vapes and right, and, and he's like, you know, well, that's not like legal, <laughs> and, and it's like, does she not? I mean, clearly she has to know that. Does is she that? out of it is has this thing with magna so messed with her thought process that she doesn't even realize the absurd thing she's saying to the school psychologist now you could argue uh we had a certain uh politician <laughs> under oath today in a trial saying some pretty outlandish things that most experts are shaking their head at that so I don't know. I mean, but regardless, it was still a funny scene for sure. That's actually not a bad comparison, though, because like said politician, I think the Udals have grown accustomed to doing whatever they want to do and totally getting away with it, having no consequences at them at all. And so when an actual impediment is in their way, she, yeah, I think she's having difficulty figuring out how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, now you had messaged me about me being right about Fjord feeding Marianne to the serpent. And it does appear that way. And he, um, you know, doesn't want to, uh, you know, start something that he's not going to follow through with. So he gets that elderly couple and, and apparently feeds them as well. And so we get that scene where the police question him about Marianne's body turning up. And and again, we get the scene where Lawrence is feeding. I forget what he dumps in there. Is he dumping in? No, he already did the hot dog He rolls. did the hot dogs, and then he took out all the, like, the stuff in the fridge that had been in there a while. Oh, right. So. And then he's really upset that uh, Little O isn't you know, taking advantage. And of course, yeah. we know why, because right. Lowe's- He's got a taste for, uh, taste for human flesh. Yeah, but he but starts. He, uh, first, no, let me admit, as you said, that I was totally wrong uh, with. I completely got it wrong with Marianne. It just again, I, that might even be something that um, with the translation of from on Netflix that to me it wasn't very clear. But obviously, yes, he was. She was fed. They found her parts of her body in in the fjord, and and you were right, Dave. I was wrong with that. Okay. <laughs> Now, the scene where the police are questioning him and, you know, on the one hand, his answers are, you know, completely plausible. And it reminds me of the the show Blood Pack that I mentioned when the police are questioning the tax official like, well, we've got all this surveillance footage of you with the ex-con and what are you two talking about? And, you know, he's like, well, our daughters are best friends. What do you think we're talking? That's not what they're talking about. But. But he's very cool. Now, we know he's lying. I'm wondering whether the female officer who who seems to be doing the bulk of the questioning, whether she suspects something of Fjord as well. I mean, the town has to know who poisoned the water. Sure. And despite the little exchange in the classroom between Magna and Signe about the culpability of of the utils you know not notwithstanding that i think most of the uh, town understands who's responsible right and you would think that would be the police officer as well so you know is is fjord off the hook well i, I mean he, he was like literally he admits to being the last person that saw her alive like you know that would make most people pretty much a what we call a prime suspect Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, it's been a good few days for Ravens, and it's a good good episode for Ravens as Mm -hmm. well, because apparently they signal Wotan that something's wrong with Magna, Um, and then, you know, he lays out the objects, and, you know, I've never tried this before, but, you know, he he makes an attempt at it. So, so, you know, we – we know Magna is still out in the middle of, you know, the lake. He doesn't have Molnir anymore. Uh, the serpent, it, you know, presumably is not done with him yet, but 
you know, we don't know. Well, it's too early, isn't it? Like, yeah. You know, cause that's the, the, the battle of all battles, right? That's, this is the big one between Thor and, and the serpent. So a lot has to happen in three episodes. And like we said, at the beginning of the season discussion, these are not terribly long episodes. This one I think was 42 minutes. Yeah. And, it's like 40 some minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you knock off because it's Netflix international. So the last two minutes are, you know, who, who's doing the voice in yeah. French and right, Italian right. and whatever. And, and I noticed one of the upcoming episodes is in the thirties. So, they're going to clearly speed things up quite a bit. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in these, you know, last 90 minutes or so. However. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the one thing about it is that and I think we've said this about this show from word one is that it keeps moving along in a pretty, you know, nice, nice high pace of action here. I think if you don't take it all that seriously, you're much better off. And somebody might say, well, why would you take it seriously? I mean, it's just kind of an in-between show in terms of the writing. As, as we said last week, well, did they intend that to be funny or is it just, you know, poor writing? And I'm going to go that they're intending it to be funny. It's not you know, laugh track funny or whatever, but, but just, you know, whether it's Ron talking to the school psychologist or, or whatever. Um, well, also, I mean, you know, Wotan trying to do his mystical joint and getting busted by the cops, you know? Well, well yeah. And, and then, too. and, and, uh, Lartz's, uh, boyfriend, I've got, I've got to just said his name. I forget it already. Uh, he, hold on. He, Right, his boss. Um, well, you know, you're you're welcome here, but could you be a little less gay? Right, and and and, and you know that would be the giving the thumbs up. <laughs> like, okay, I mean, yeah, and, and you know, you know, Fred criticized this scene as being like a little on the nose, and and you know, to a degree, I agree with that, but I think they meant it to be like that because they're really trying to play up how like clueless the uh you know the manager of of the at a cafe is exactly so all right what else you know i, I guess just go back, you know the fact that fewer's story about mariana is that oh yeah I, totally i drove her home dropped her off and it's almost like yeah i don't know what after that i can't tell you what happens like oh yeah yeah she must have just i guess gone out to the the fjord and uh you know chopped herself up in the pits well, right, well, right. And, and they ask, uh, you know, did you notice anything uh, about her demeanor? And he's like, well, she's only been with us two days, w- which is true. So right. from that standpoint, he, he does a good job. But yeah. All right. What else? Um, oh, like the with Iman as the influencer. Um, actually, one of my son's friends at uh, University of Maryland is like a big influencer, I guess. So she just gets like people would send her free stuff like all the time, like every day. They just they, she doesn't even ask for it. People just ship her free stuff in the hope that she'll mention it in her whatever her Instagram or whatever. So I know I know all about this kind of stuff, Dave. Is what I'm saying. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, once you retire, dude. Yeah, I know. I just gotta, you know, take my phone everywhere, and I don't. You have four four children, they'll tell you. Yeah. (laughs) I I think that's probably it, maybe. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to listener feedback, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Ragnarok Season 3, Episode 3. First off, what am I watching? Or actually, what was I watching as you, I also watched Bodies. Eight episodes, a miniseries, really great. I gave it a straight A and even watched it in two days, which is quite unusual for me. It has something from Dark, it has something from The Nevers, especially because it plays in England. And from the time travel aspect, it has been constructed... Quite good, quite logical, actually. 
It doesn't have a lot of really moments. Of course, there are big question marks watching the series, but at the end, everything becomes more or less explicable. And that's not always the case with such series. So, really, really great. And perhaps even earns an A+. Okay, going into Ragnarok Season 3, Episode 3. Partly a great episode. When the ending of this episode would have been a season ending, it would be a very nice cliffhanger. Actually, I was expecting that Magma would, with his powers, throw this fishing line to the shore somehow and pull the boat over. I didn't care so much for the Freya Wotan story, the future viewing sessions. I did like it that Loris finally got some positive things in his life after being depressed for a long time and being abandoned by everybody. Very wise of Rand to keep him captive during the whole snake on the lake session. The discussion with Jens' boss in the grill about homosexuality was a little bit too much on the nose, as we say in, in Dutch. Meaning and kind of too obvious, too explicit, slash over the top. The power struggle between the giants is of course great. And I think Saxa was 2-0. to zero. But now Fjord did this with the boat race and the snake. It's 2-1. to one. Or perhaps 2-3 to three because Fjord now has uh, more power than Saxa. Saxa lost her powerful boyfriend by him losing his hammer. Well, I'm very curious and I would know how Saxa would react to this. Last podcast you talked about whether there were funny moments in it. I think in this episode it was funny when Ren was at the psychologist and she told him that she kept her daughter as a slave for a year as a kind of punishment and he reacted, yeah, okay, then it's logical that uh, she goes to Magna and is stubborn, etc. And she just says, uh, no. Another little funny moment was when Fjor uh, suggested the boat race, then Magna said, I have to go to school. And then Ren said, well, you don't have to go because your grades are great. So that was another funny one. Not so funny was how Magna treated his mother when she visited Jutelheim, quite similar to how he treats Signy. I wonder if his behavior will quickly change now he lost his hammer. Or that the effects of that remain longer. Okay, that will be it for now. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Hello to Dave and Wayne and everyone at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Alan from England here with feedback mostly about uh, Ragnarok Season 3, Episode 3, Losing My Religion. What I'm watching, I finished Station Eleven. That was a weird one, but a great recommendation. It reminded me a little bit of Dark. Everything reminds me of Dark. <laughs> With jumping around, although not through time exactly, but the story jumping backwards, forwards in time. And then the gradual linking of various characters. I'm three episodes into Bodies. Another great recommendation. Thank you very much. What a fabulous show that is so far. I like the parallel activities in different times and the occasional but not overused split screen. And then as soon as someone is announced as having anything to do with quantum physics, you know it's going to get even stranger. And then it does. Ragnarok, losing my religion. Everyone's got a plan including Saxa, who might prefer to be on the winning side with Magna and his hammer rather than get it away from him and then possibly at the mercy of the other giants. When Signy was upset and being comforted by Turid, I had a strong feeling about Abba's song The Winner Takes It All, where it says, The gods may throw a dice, their hearts as cold as ice, and someone way down here loses someone dear. And you get the impression that whether gods or giants, they just wreak havoc with everyone's mortal lives. I did like the continuing uh, comedy awkwardness of Rand's sessions with the school counsellor, almost as awkward as the owner of the Edda Grill in trying to persuade Loritz to be less obvious with the offer of those buns. 
I know the students thought Saxa had been away somewhere for some time, but was she really away or was she just kept under those slavish conditions under house arrest for months? I'm not quite sure what the time was that had passed between the end of uh, season two and the start of um, season three. Nine months would be a long time to be away and yet still be able to return to the same class in high school. We find that Freya is not just a master influencer, but has the power of sight. But she definitely doesn't like what she sees. Fear, being frustrated by the delay in the serpent's growth, decides to boost it with the aid of those two older hikers. Then the police inspector gives the lamest version ever of an investigation, even though he admits to giving them a lift before they finally disappeared. Lawrence is shocked to find those remains, but then what does he expect is going to happen with a giant world-ending worm? Magna racing Fjar in those boats is the happiest we've seen him in quite a while, until, of course, his sabotage craft leaves him stranded, and his fishing leads to the appearance of that serpent. To make matters worse, when he throws Mjolnir, it won't return. Or at least, it hasn't returned yet. Perhaps he is not worthy. Or perhaps it's going to make its way through the serpent in some grisly fashion. I'll look out for that in the next episode. Take care. Alan from England. All right, we'll go ahead and start with Fred. Snake on the lake. Dude, <laughs> yeah. that was awesome, Fred. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, the power struggle with the Giants. Again, one of my favorite aspects of season three. And, and you know, as we said in this discussion tonight, it leaves a lot of ways it can go. So who are we rooting for at this point? I think that's maybe the most fascinating aspect of season three. Right. Outside of a character like Signe, who we clearly are rooting for sure. in terms of giants versus gods. I don't like any of them. I mean, I don't know that any of them deserve to have me rooting for them. Right. So. Uh, you know, that is, that is funny because, um, you know, yeah, we were obviously full bore, uh, team Manya at the, you know, in, in season one and two, probably, you know, it's clear cut. Utils are the terrible rich people who do whatever they want, get away with everything. And here's this, uh, young kid, a little awkward, a little goofy, um, and he's just learning how to become a hero. He's going to be a hero, and he's going to clean the house and, and you know do away with the bad people. And now we see like he is totally becoming one of the bad people. I guess it's kind of a part of this is that you know that power like does corrupt, right? Yeah, and any goodwill that he'd built up is just offset by his cruel behavior toward virtually everybody outside of saxa yeah so uh anything else about fred's feedback um just to say that we have the the saying on the nose that's an english saying as well fred now alan in england glad you enjoyed station 11 you've started bodies so i'm sure you heard the announcement at the beginning of this um podcast and let's see oh oh love the tie-in even though i'm not a big abba fan yeah i was wondering how you would take that one yeah no nah, still i mean you know the the lyrical tie-in was was on the nose <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that was good like the uh, abba tie-in um as i said before i don't think molnir is is coming back um i, I did like the uh you know he mentioned the split screen in bodies and i think bodies does use that you know very sparingly but to good effect yeah you know you say sparingly i i think maybe it's more than you realize i mean maybe by the time you get through all eight you're, oh you're done right yeah i've seen all eight. okay well, yeah i mean so. i don't know i guess I, maybe sparingly is not the word but i, I mean i it, think when they used it that it was i think it was justifiable you know to good effect absolutely yeah. so all right, um, Fred, Alan, thank you. Uh, you want to go first with the letter grade? I'm, I'm thinking A minus, maybe. Oh wow, okay. I, you know, I was going to go B. 
maybe B plus, but I was really thinking B, but now you're going A minus and you're making. Well, I was B. actually thinking B plus more, but okay. I just I, I assumed you were going to grade it higher. Okay, I didn't want to be too far off the curve, but all uh, right. I, mean, I don't know. It's in that A minus B plus range. I think it's squarely in there. Um, if I had to make a choice, you know, I guess. I don't know. Be the nice grader and, and give it the A minus, you know, okay. um, for effort and pluck. Okay. Uh, that sounds good. I mean, we don't always have to be. You know. and, and I like the humor that they had here. I thought there, there was some pretty funny parts and, and ending with, uh, you know, the, uh, the serpent coming out of the water. And it's a lot bigger than the last time we saw it. Uh, still not big enough to encompass the world, I don't think, though. But, uh, not yet. Big. Not yet, but it's still digesting uh, the older couple. So. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, we've got three episodes to go, I guess, on the one hand. This was the mid-season finale, and I guess if you look at it as a mid-season finale. I don't think you can say that when there's only six episodes. I, I, I know, but <laughs> but in terms of the cliffhanger uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, for sure. the serpent you know, swallowing the hammer, that, yeah, I think that's okay. But uh, anyway, all right, well, let's go ahead and leave it there. That'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Ragnarok. Anything going on in your genre world, which might include a book you're reading. Uh, Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already, especially if you want to see what that big item of news that I posted today. I I actually did. Right after you said that, I looked inside. All right, cool. That's good news. Sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about episode four of season three of the Netflix series Ragnarok. But until then, you know, like I, I every now and then I get feedback and they're like, man, Wayne, how can, how can Dave put up with you? Especially he has to listen to you twice. He has to go and engineer all these things. And I was just like, you know what? It's true. I'm probably too much for him.